across the road, pecking gravel in the noonday sun. Shaking her tail like the queen of the yard, not minding anyone. Welcome to the Crude Life Week in Review. My name is Jason Spees. I'm your host today. And yes, if you're tuning in and wondering where is Building the Bakken, this is Building the Bakken. We've just gone through a little bit of a name change to talk about some of the more broad oil and gas topics that the Crude Life can bring you here at the Crude Life Media Network. This is the Crude Life Week in Review. My name is Jason Spees, and we've got a fantastic program in store for you today. We start off with our weekly Davis Refinery with William Prentice, the CEO, Meridian Energy Group. They had some great news this week with the Meridian Energy Group. They saw that the Davis Refinery permit to construction was upheld, or I should say permit to construct was upheld so they can begin construction once again, their work was validated, and uh, they will begin construction here very shortly. And we're going to be getting an update from William Prentice a little bit later in the program. Also, Daniel Stenberg, he's with McKinsey County Economic Development. Very good interview with Daniel Stenberg, getting an update from Watford City, the heart of the Bakken oil field. We're going to talk about the billion dollars in infrastructure that's being created there with natural gas by One Oak and ConocoPhillips and a few other companies. And, uh, oh, excuse me, uh, local donations as well, ConocoPhillips and One Oak. One Oak's doing a lot of natural gas infrastructure and also is donating to a lot of local communities. So we talk about that with Daniel Stenberg, as well as uh, their growth. They've had some incredible growth in Watford City. And Wade Nelson, Minot Youth for Christ, they do some incredible things. We have Giving Hearts Day coming up in just a couple weeks, so we're going to be highlighting a few companies that are looking to uh, catch your attention on Giving Hearts Day, February 14th, and that is a uh, just a fantastic event, and I invite you folks to check it out, impactgiveback.org if you want to check it out. All right, what else do we got going on today? Well, we got all that plus much more. Brooks West is our singer spotlight, singer-songwriter spotlight, and uh, boy, we got a big show for you. So without further ado, let's uh, take a quick break. We come back. William Prentice and our weekly Davis Refinery Update. Jason Spies, the most trusted voice in the Bakken. I totally agree with you, and the word that you brought into this is fact. You tell the facts, and then you let people make up their own minds. If you want someone who's competent, you don't want to get a bunch of rookies. Love listening to Jason Spies on the radio, and if I miss him there, I catch him online. Let's bring in Jason Spies, who is a multimedia journalist in North Dakota. Um, Jason, what's your thought on this? No one does an interview like Jason Spies. Welcome back to the Crude Life Week in Review. My name is Jason Spies. I'm your host today. Thank you, folks, for joining us here at the Crude Life Week in Review. Used to be called Building the Bakken. So if you're tuning in wondering where Building the Bakken is, it's right here. We've just changed the name to the Crude Life Week in Review. All right. Up next, we talk with William Prentice, the CEO of Meridian Energy Group. But first, this announcement hot off the press this week with the Meridian Energy Group and their water allocation permit for the Davis Refinery. The announcement was that the administrative law judge has recommended that the Office of North Dakota State Engineer affirm the water allocation permit for Meridian, which was issued in July of 2017. So after almost a year and a half, they're finally getting the okay. 
Meridian has received the recommendation decision from the Office of the State Engineer for the Davis Refinery Allocation Permit for the groundwater to be drawn from the Dakota Aquifer. Now, the Dakota Aquifer is a briny, non-potable water formation approximately 5,700 feet below the Earth's surface. What does all that mean? That means it doesn't compete in any way with any other potable water consumption. So nobody's going to be drinking this water. Nobody's even using this water for anything. It is not for human consumption. All this information and data has been scientifically verified and confirmed by analysis. So the decision of the Office of State Engineer has now been reviewed and the recommendation has been issued that the Office of State Engineers should once again approve the allocation as permitted. So once again, very good news for the Meridian Energy Group and the Davis Refinery and the citizens of Belfield, North Dakota. Another hurdle has been uh, jumped over, another step closer to the reality of the Davis Refinery, the first greenfield refinery to be built in the United States in the last 50 years. Davis Refinery, once again, is being designed with a throughput capacity of 49,500 barrels per day of Bakken crude oil. And now let's get a quick update from William Prentice, the CEO of Meridian Energy Group on the Davis Refinery as part of our weekly Davis Refinery update. many highly talented engineers, uh, we have a, uh, a proportionally higher uh, number of uh, attorneys on staff than any company has ever had to have in this business before. Um, you know, big companies and small companies uh, have to face that new reality. Uh, it's a bigger burden on a smaller company like ourselves just getting started, but that's just the price of doing business. Yeah. You know, and that's 2018. Let's look at 2019 because, you know, we're moving ahead. Uh, as you mentioned, once once the weather gets a little bit nicer, construction will start back up again, uh, as you just finalized or wrapping up as we speak from the site out there. So we can feel pretty confident looking at 2019. How, how, how are we looking in 2019? Have you guys gotten your timelines done yet, or are we still sharpening the pencils? contract being left, uh, you know, they start um, ramping up pretty rapidly on design folks and procurement people. And uh, so, you know, the first half of the year will be uh, spent with a lot of design, uh, getting ready for foundations and so forth, uh, starting, um, you know, early summer. Uh, a lot of fabrication contracts going out in the room. So, you know, even though we're not in the field, there's going to be a lot happening. And uh, just being ready for, for all the tinker toys to arrive out there on the site and start getting stuff up in the air. Hmm. Uh, you know, in addition to that, uh, we're busy on other potential projects. And, uh, you know, 2019 is going to be an extraordinarily busy year for, for Meridian. You mentioned uh, uh, other projects. And just last question here as we wrap up. Uh, I have heard a little rumbling that you guys are possibly thinking about some other shale plays once you get the formula down um, on this particular project up in the Bakken. Is that any truth behind that? Are you guys looking at some other shale plays possibly? I mean, without giving away all the company secrets, I guess. Well, it's an open secret. I mean, you can't, you can't 
can't you can't spend as much money as we did engineering Davis and not want to amplify your return on that investment through other projects. So, um, yeah, I, I would say that all of the major shale areas in the United States are under review right now. And, uh, you know, our, our focus is on local crude, uh, local regional markets, and, uh, you know, an area where we can add a lot to, uh, to both the oil industry and, and to what local consumers see at the, at the pump. So, yeah, all of the shale areas in the U.S. are under review right now. Any final words, last thoughts? Uh, as far as we wrap up 2018 and look forward to 2019? I can remember talking to you um, a couple of years ago and just saying that uh, we're extremely happy to be, to be becoming part of the, uh, the Bakken and part of the North Dakota business community, and I still feel that way. We're eager to get going out there and uh, grateful for all the support that we've seen. To listen to the full-length interview or to check out other exclusive interviews, visit thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. All of our social media links are available at thecrudelife.com. Click on the social media tab. My name is Jason Spies, and this is The Crude Life Week in Review. Just the sound of the freeway Kissing you in the dark Wishing you would stay No one in the world would ever take you for a killer With your ponytail and your baby blue eyes Welcome back to The Crude Life Week in Review. My name is Jason Spies and I'm your host today. Up next, Daniel Stenberg with McKinsey County Economic Development Corporation. Daniel Stenberg with McKinsey County Economic Development. Of course, McKinsey County, that is the uh, lesser known of the Watford City fame. Is that how, how do you explain that to people, I guess, when they when they ask? Because it is McKinsey County, but nationally, kind of Watford City steals all the limelight, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not too many people know county boundaries um, outside of outside of the very immediate area. And even when you get in our area, I think you find some people that might not even know what the county boundaries are. You know, the so Watford City is much more recognizable. Yep. Does Watford City have an economic development, or is that or are you the Watford City economic development? Oh well, that's interesting. Um, we've um, traditionally we've been focused on you know the whole county, including Watford City, and now Vanita Best has been. Um, she's going to be doing a community development for the city and so that will encompass some um, economic development she just got hired within the past month and and so we'll work closely together she's um, pretty versed in the legislature so she's kind of doing um, that for them right now um, but then she'll also be um, in the realm of economic development too so so we'll have more of a team for this area that way and who who is that again uh, Vanita Best. She was a county commissioner for uh, four years, and um, born and raised in McKinsey County and a rancher. Um, and so, she has lots of her strong roots to the community. So it's kind of a the the reason I was going with the county versus the the town 
was because, you know, a lot of oil and gas towns are still in rural America, so to speak. And a lot of times, like down in Bowman, for example, I think they've got a county economic, but they're based out of Bowman, the, the larger town. And that's the case here. But it looks like you guys are expanding into kind of a... Um, a new area, kind of a hybrid, kind of a test area. It looks like a community development. There's going to obviously going to be some lobbying, lobbying involved, um, that, that sort of thing. So uh, it, it, is, is that going to impact you on a day-to-day? It sounds like it's going to a little bit, huh? Well, we'll just kind of be strategic about um, instead of me going to necessarily all the meetings, we can find what her specialties are and we'll do what my specialties are. And so we can kind of take team things and um, – and just kind of do what's to kind of cover more ground between the two of us instead of just being one person. So that's a gro- that's a sign that um, not only is Watford City and McKinsey County growing, but there is some investment and some long term thought being put into the county right now. Is that a fair thing to say? Very much so. Yes, we are. We're well past the kind of the frenzy of a few years ago, and we're you know we're kind of looking out you know, five years from now, what, what's our community going to look like and trying to build build accordingly because it's not crisis mode work. We're kind of, we can do some strategic forward thinking planning um, for our community. So that's, that's, that's a good place to be in. Huh, interesting. So, okay, let's talk a little bit about Watford City, McKenzie County, if you will, that uh, known as the hotspot of the Bakken. Uh, you guys are going to be sh- uh, featured on a national show coming up this month. Talk to me about that—a travel channel, or what's that all about? Yeah, we're yeah we're very excited about being on Travels with Darley. Um, she came out last summer in June, so it is beautiful and green, and it's kind of it's uh, it's interesting to look at the pictures now when it's all cold and uh, white outside. But um, but yeah, no. Um, so that's we're really excited. That's going to be debuting on March 24th at 4.30 p.m. Um, on Prairie Public um, here in North Dakota, but it's also going to be on um, public television throughout North, throughout the United States um, at various times. Each state can kind of set their own schedule, so within the next month or two, people can find that out from travelswithdarley.com if they're looking for when it's going to be outside the state. But inside uh, North Dakota and the Prairie Public region, it will be on March 24th at 4.30 p.m in the afternoon so we're excited very excited to showcase um the community to a to a nationwide audience but i think it's also interesting to even people within our community um, to see what's going on well i tell you you can always pass along to your local people what i'd like to tell people in fact just last interview with a gentleman from louisiana uh uh gary bodin um excuse me keith bodin bodin uh, is that I believe what's going on right now is history is being made to where our kids' kids are going to read about it in history class, and Watford City is going to be its own chapter. So it's kind of exciting to see some of these uh, national and um, you know international at some some points really do documentation and kind of you know you're 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 being documented right now. Watford City is is that come across to you? Is that absorbed yet? that you guys are being documented like that, you know, for future generations? Well, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's quite, um, quite interesting when we get mentioned in national publications or they, you know, you get a call, not very often, but, you know, I got a call from the Wall Street Journal, you know, or people from um, overseas who are doing journalistic endeavors and they said, well, 
we've been hearing about Watford City, what, what's going on there, you know, type thing, and it's just kind of like, because growing up here, you would, we really wouldn't get much national press at all, so there is national press, um, some happening now, and that's that's interesting, And but we just want to make sure that we can um, not just uh, be known to a national audience, but we have to just make sure that we have a good community for the people who are living here. Um, first and foremost, too. So, and I think that like this travels with Darley program. I think it's it's an awesome opportunity for us to just kind of sit back and realize, you know, we have this national figure. She was in California before our trip, before she came to North Dakota, and then she went off to France after that. So, her episodes are, um, are yeah, very world class destinations. And she thought the Badlands, and um, she loved the Badlands. She was here during Home Fest, so she got to see some some kind of hometown entertainment and then also was on Lake Sakakawea to hear about Lewis and Clark and, and different things so she was able to experience the historic aspects and sometimes it just takes somebody else to tell you that oh yeah you've got good things going on in your community that kind of helps you realize what what we are living amongst well that's one of the <clears throat> the fun things about this is Watford City is really been such a story because the the growth has been record i mean you're talking record growths for for national record growths for communities in terms of how many people went into a city in such a short period of time so you know you you guys have seen the extremes happen and the investment to have a uh, main street the investment for quality of life it's got to be refreshing just to know that from some some outside perspective some people are looking at you guys and saying good job I mean, you guys are actually doing some things that, you know, should be uh, have some national notoriety and that sort of thing. Because you got to remember, it was only three years ago when some of the kids were using outhouses at the schools because you guys are renovating and it was 20 below outside or whatever. What Do you remember those days? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, kids, kids can tell those stories um, in the present day, too, of, of their stories back in the day in Watford City. And on the, on the topic of schools, it's exciting that we did get our bond passed with 80% of the vote um, to build our next elementary school. And then there was a second question as well that if necessary, there will be a third elementary school built probably within about three years if growth keeps up with projections. So, um, so yeah, no, the, the school situation is um, um, we're definitely continuing to experience good growth, and I think it's it's partly and due to the leadership who's been on the proactive side of, of getting buildings built when they are needed and meeting the projections and not kind of waiting till things are in crisis mode. Boy, 80% of the vote for a new school, that, that's got to be quite a stamp of approval that your community, uh, who's really involved in the day-to-day operations of the oil and gas companies because you know that, that's who's living there, are people primarily working in the oil and gas industry. Now, there are some other industries there too, but uh, that to me, it sounds like there's a stamp of approval that, again, this is another sign the industry is doing pretty good out there. Yep, yep, yeah. I think our people realize that that's, that's kind of what we need to do. And, um, and yeah, and we're just trying to get everything figured out. I mean, we had a lot of apartments built, and they're mostly filled up, but we have people that are have been in the apartments for a couple of years, and they're looking for single-family housing, and so... So now we really want to see more single-family housing get built out just because there's not much demand or there's not much supply, um, lots of demand. 
and um, and so we're trying to figure out if there's creative ways to kind of help spur that. But I think the market itself will be. Um, I mean, from the sounds of it, there's going to be some some good single-family housing built, and we we can use as much um, as uh, as the construction workers are able to produce. I think for sure here. So so that's one of the big things we're going to be looking to for the spring is getting more single-family housing in. Mr. Daniel Stedberg, I ask you to hold that thought for just a moment. We're going to take a quick pause. When we come back, we'll continue our conversation with Daniel Stenberg with McKinsey County Economic Development Corporation. This week, we're spotlighting Brooks West, the singer-songwriter. Check his website out, brookswestmusic.com. That's brookswestmusic.com. This is singer-songwriter Brooks West. Jason Spies, the most trusted voice in the Bakken. I totally agree with you, and the word that you brought into this is fact. You tell the facts. And then you let people make up their own minds. If you want someone who's competent, you don't want to get a bunch of rookies. Love listening to Jason Speece on the radio. And if I miss him there, I catch him online. Let's bring in Jason Speece, who is a multimedia journalist in North Dakota. Um, Jason, what's your thought on this? No one does an interview like Jason Speece. Apartment to apartment, state to state, and it doesn't really matter where I go. There's only one place I could call. Welcome back to the Crude Life Weekend Review. My name is Jason Spees. I'm your host today. Thank you, folks, for joining us. Up next, we continue our conversation with Daniel Stenberg, McKinsey County Economic Development Corporation. Well, talk to me about what, what what's going on out there, the economy at a glance, if you will. I got your latest newsletter. I see economy at a glance. Um, you know, there's a spreadsheet and everything. So, uh, well, first of all, if somebody listening, you know, some oil executive listening wants to get a weekly, I'm sorry, a monthly newsletter from you, make sure you plug that. Uh, and then also transition into kind of the economy at a glance a little bit, maybe a few bullet points that... Uh, some of the uh, people in the energy industry might want to know about? Sure. Well, uh, to get signed up, you can go to our website, econdev, E-C-O-N-D-E-V, dot mckinseycounty.net, um, and that, and there you can see the, the newsletter link, and then uh, at the top of that, we'll give you an option to subscribe, and I, I do send out a monthly uh, e-newsletter of just kind of things that have been happening in the community, so just for, especially for people who are outside and are just um, interested in, in kind of keeping tabs with, with what's happening in the community. Um, in that, I include an economy at a glance, which is um, mostly just public data that uh, I've collected from various sources to, so that people can see what's, what's happening with, um, 
with our economy showing our unemployment rate, um, labor force numbers, oil, this, um, oil that's come into our um, community, the price of oil, different things like that. Um, and then like some, it's the most current a month that's available or a quarter, and then I also do year to date. And so like looking at year to date, 2017 versus 2018, pretty much all of our categories are higher in terms of tax distribution, in terms of um, building permits and building permit values. All of those things are all kind of up, and um, and I don't see any reason why 2019 is gonna gonna be a be a slower year than 2018. Just we have so many gas plants being built right now in the community, over a billion dollars worth of, of gas, natural gas processing plants. That um, all the construction jobs that they bring in, but then also there'll be um, long-term, very family sustainable type um, jobs that will be a part of the, the long-term gas infrastructure in addition to all the oil field jobs that we have. So those gas, the, those billion dollars in gas um, um, facilities, those are going to be right outside of Watford, huh? Yep, yeah. This Jeez. is, I mean, McKenzie County produces 40% of the state's oil, but 50% of the state's gas. So just, just the way the formation is, it's just uh, there's a lot of gas um, in addition to the oil here, and so then it's best to have those plants located to where the where the gas um, is being produced, so that they don't have as many sure. pipelines. And so that's so yeah, no, just kind of east of town, there's plants being built, and south of town, and there's ones west of town. So and and there's ones north of town. So it's yeah, every direction from Watford City, there's gas plants. So you guys are going to be uh, just having you know nomadic construction workers for the next three to four years. Just that alone, building those plants and and pipelines yep. and yeah, I mean, yep. so there's a few thousand people every summer right there, just right, adding yep. to your local economy. Hey, how far are you guys from Sydney? I forget between you. I get mixed up between Williston and Wadford. How far are you from Sydney, Montana? It's about sixty miles. Okay, it's about the same then that it is from Williston. Uh, yeah, Williston's about forty-five. Yep. Okay, so it's not that far away. I know they've got with One Oak. Uh, One Oak's got quite a presence in Sydney, and of course, One Oak has quite a presence. At least they they they're going to if they don't already in Watford City. Um, what what are some of the bigger companies that have made some investments in the last you know five to ten years there in 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 Watford City? Well, One Oak is, is doing the, I think it's, and uh, yeah, this is round figures, but I think it's something like $800 million for their two Demix Lakes plants that they're doing, and they already have a couple um, a couple in our county already in terms of gas plants. Right. And so they're, they're big on the gas side, but Whiting has an office here in Watford City as well as ConocoPhillips, and ConocoPhillips is that uh, they've been adding more employees um, as well but but yeah no we've got we've got a lot of the big players um right in our community Hess has a lot in the keen area of the wells um and and things like that so hmm. yep lots of stuff going on lots of good oh, wait, signs there man i mean conical phillips adding employees you got a lot of uh construction being added that sort of thing and you know the only reason i bring it up is because you know there is some uncertainty right now with oil and gas prices um that that's going on as far as some other plays are talking about whether the drilling is going to continue of course 
the last production, I think, was down a little bit from Lynn Helms. Uh, that, of course, is, is somewhat winter-related, uh, but pricing is affecting. But I, go, I always go back to a few years ago when, you know, we were talking $30 oil, and they were still drilling close to a million barrels a day. Now, most of the activity was, I believe, right out of the Watford City area. Am I, is that correct? Was, that's where primarily most of the drilling was? Yeah, a lot of the that's they consider that the core area, yeah. just where the where it's most economic to be drilling. Yeah, uh, let let me ask you about a couple things here, and then we'll um, let let you get your day going. Uh, I did want to let you plug the job fair coming up, and I do want to ask you about some uh, local donations, that sort of things. I like to uh, make sure that people get reminded that not only do the oil and gas companies pay. Um, quite a lot of taxes. They also contribute quite a bit to the local uh, charities and the local social services and the local schools, and they actually contribute to the local fire departments and some of the other things that government should be picking up the tab on. The oil and gas company not only pays a lot of taxes, but they also donate to those social services. So I saw in your newsletter that ConocoPhillips gave a few bucks uh, around town, that sort of thing. So um, can you take a few minutes, I guess, talk about that and maybe a few others? Uh, what the, the one Oak comes to mind, they were, what was it? They donated a million bucks to the, um, um, emergency room and then a 50 grand to, to some diagnostics thing shortly after that. So those are just a few off the top of my head, but I'll, I'll let you kind of talk a little bit about the one in your newsletter. And then if there's any, any other ones that you wouldn't mind mentioning, um, go ahead. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, no, so we have this thing called the McKinsey County Community Foundation, which is an endowment, meaning that all the money that is um, given to the, to the foundation is, um, is put in a savings account, and then only the interest is given out as grants. And so it's really a long-term, it's in perpetuity, um, uh, agent where... Um, you'll always have money to give out each year. And this year there was about $5,000 to give out, that being the, just the interest earnings. So there's you know, a good, about two, two or $300,000 in the endowment. Um, and, and so the foundation was able to give out $5,000. Well, ConocoPhillips, well, they came in and they said, hey, we want to match the amount that you're going to give out. And so we were able to give out a little over $10,000. And that was good because we had grant applications of about $50,000 that had been t- turned into us. And so they were able to help us extend, extend the reach of the community foundation. So we're thankful to ConocoPhillips for that. But yeah, I know we've had a lot of, um, a lot of good support from the industry in, in a lot of different things. The Rough Rider Center has, um, has companies that helped um, with signage um kind of the displays in the in the arena um farmers union oil there was e&m services roosevelt in and suites um but yeah the hospital that has been a huge thing that we were able and excited to have that debuted this summer this past summer in july and now we've been getting more doctors we had an orthopedic surgeon um in addition to a couple other doctors just in the past month. And so we're, we're really excited about getting more of our medical needs met right here in our community. And that was Daniel Stenberg with the Economic Development Corporation in McKenzie County. 
To listen to the full-length interview or to check out other exclusive interviews, visit thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. Check out our YouTube page, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. All of our social media links are available at thecrudelife.com. My name is Jason Spies, and this is The Crude Life Week in Review. There are days when I feel lost and separated. Every step I take falls on foreign ground And I feel like going back to North Dakota Take a job, find a wife, and finally settle down But right now I'm addicted to emotion And freedom at my selfish solitude provides I'd hate to think that I'd become a stranger To the place where I was born Where my heart still resides Where the nighttime lights earth and light on the horizon Under the soft red glow of a wintertime sea clouds Meridian Energy Group of Belfield, North Dakota is building the most technologically advanced oil refinery on the planet, the Davis Refinery, a project designed to achieve emission control levels the industry has never seen before. The Davis Refinery, working for North Dakota. MeridianEnergyGroupInc.com. Jason Spies, the most trusted voice in the Bakken. I totally agree with you, and the word that you brought into this is fact. You tell the facts. And then you let people make up their own minds. If you want someone who's competent, you don't want to get a bunch of rookies. Love listening to Jason Spies on the radio. And if I miss him there, I catch him online. Let's bring in Jason Spies, who is a multimedia journalist in North Dakota. Um, Jason, what's your thought on this? No one does an interview like Jason Spies. You can run from the wintertime in the midnight black. Your neck, snow on the road like the fingers of a ghost. Wind is crying through a crack in the window. Welcome back to the Crude Life Week in Review. My name is Jason Spies. I'm your host today. Thank you, folks, for joining us. Up next, Wade Nelson with Minot Youth for Christ. Hey, it's Wade Nelson with Minot Youth for Christ. All right, Mr. Wade Nelson, Minot Youth for Christ participating in Giving Hearts Day, February 14th. How are you doing today, sir? And talk to me a little bit about Minot Youth for Christ. Hey, glad to be here. Hey, what is uh, Minot Youth for Christ? Talk to us a little bit about your organization. Well, it's interesting. Um, Most people assume that we're just another church youth organization. Um, And although everyone is welcome from every church, we're really an evangelistic-type ministry, and we go after 11- to 19-year-olds and we re- try to reach the lost, and we really try to impact the most disadvantaged and high-risk kids. And we do that with sharing the uh, fullness of the gospel. Hopefully we can awaken them to uh, the reality of Christ and what he has to do for them and through them. And you guys are participating in this year's Giving Hearts Day. Uh, talk to me a little bit about your involvement with that, how you guys became involved, how many years have you been doing this, et cetera, et cetera. Well, this is a Minot Youth for Christ first year to be a part of it, but I personally was the director of development for a school, private school out in Williston, North Dakota, and so I've been involved with Giving Hearts for a few years now. 
Uh, it's an amazing, amazing uh, opportunity. 24 hours. It started off just being an online giving. Now people can write checks and give them as long as they're dated on Giving Hearts Day, which is the 14th of February. And uh, the first 10 years of involvement they brought in in North Dakota and just a little bit of Western Minnesota, uh, about $30 million in 10 years. And last year alone, there's been so much giving. I think there was over 2,800 people that, that gave like 60-some thousand donations. And last year, we, we brought in over $13 million in one day. And what is it you guys are going to do with the resources that you get from Giving Hearts Day and other donations throughout the year? Well, the great thing about Minot Youth for Christ is, is that our building is paid for free and clear. We have very little overhead. Um, every dollar that's given stays right here in Minot, and we get to utilize those monies to, to reach the young people of our community. Every week we, we throw what's called club, and we have uh, seniors in uh, senior high school on Monday, junior high school on Tuesday, and uh, we, we throw great events every week. But a lot of the monies also allow us to scholarship um, underprivileged kids to the various camps that we go to throughout the year. And it's been very, very impactful to get kids that are so used to being on video games and, and cell phones and get them out into nature and, and let them experience some of creation and uh, just great exploration of, of what's out there doing horseback riding and river rafting and rock climbing and those kind of things as well. How can people donate throughout the year? Do you guys have a website that you direct people to, that sort of thing? I'm going to ask you about how they can donate throughout the year, and then next question will be specifically on Giving Hearts Day. Okay. Um, so, yeah, we have our website at uh, uh, MinotYouthForChrist.org, uh, and people can go on our website, and we have a uh, ongoing giving there. People can mail checks into our office uh, here in Minot. And then uh, on Giving Hearts Day, like I said, you can go online, givingheartsday.org, and you can search directly for Minot Youth for Christ and uh, give at that time. The nice thing about Giving Hearts Day is everyone has matching funds. We have raised $4,000 in matching funds. So when, when people give, um, funds are matched up to $4,000, and it really gives a, a great impact to individual giving. And people can give as little as $10. So, you know, we appreciate the large donations, but to be honest, you know, every $10 that's given, uh, it adds up and, and really impacts the youth of our community. All right, last question for you. Are you guys going to be active on social media throughout the Giving Hearts Day? And is there, you know, a place where Facebook and social media, that sort of thing? And then uh, transition the social media question into your elevator pitch, why people should be donating to your cause and organization on Giving Hearts Day. Well, yeah, thanks. That's a great question. Um, here in Minot, we have a collaborative. So there's 13 different nonprofit organizations that we are working together. Uh, most of them are faith-based, but not all. But every group is an amazing group. And so we're going to be going around town, various of us uh, shooting uh, live videos uh, for Facebook. And, and, and we're just going to just blast social media. Um, I'm a little gray-haired, so I, I'm not well-versed in, in anything other than Facebook. But they'll be uh, using uh snapchat and some of the other things as well but at the end of the day all 13 groups we're going to get together at oak park theater here in minot they've allowed us to use their facility we're going to throw a big party we're going to have live music have concert there is going to be concessions available and pizza and people can come down celebrate with us and there can be even giving at that time so it, it, it's going to be an amazing exciting day and it's not just for minot you for christ but it's for our entire community but I will tell you this, every dollar that's given to Minot Youth for Christ 
goes straight to impacting the young people of our community. And why that's important is all too often you hear people say, man, the young people of today just aren't like they were yesterday. That might be true or not, but when you sow into them, they flourish. And we thank you for that opportunity. Wade Nelson, Minot Youth for Christ, thank you very much. I appreciate it. For more information on Giving Hearts Day, visit impactgiveback.org slash givingheartsday. Impactgiveback.org slash givingheartsday. And once again, that was Wade Nelson, Minot Youth for Christ, February 14th, Giving Hearts Day. To listen to the full-length interview with Wade Nelson with Minot Youth for Christ or to listen to other exclusive interviews, visit thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. The Crude Life is on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, all the social media links, YouTube, you name it. Go to thecrudelife.com, click on our social media tab, be part of our ever-growing audience of 350,000-plus. Go to thecrudelife.com and check out our social media tab. And that's going to do it this week for the Crude Life Week in Review. We're going to be back next week at the same time at this same radio station. For more information or to check out or to contact us, visit thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. From the staff of the Crude Life Week in Review, my name is Jason Spies asking you to keep calm and frack on. Got glitter in the headlights. Like silver sprites They disappear like phantoms In the waves of white And every drop of water in the world is ice Sharpened in the sickles like silver knives The lines keep coming where the lanes divide it You and the road in the middle of the night It's you and the road in the middle of the night Spotlighting Brooks West, the singer-songwriter. Check his website out, brookswestmusic.com. That's brookswestmusic.com. This is singer-songwriter Brooks West. Jason Spies, the most trusted voice in the Bakken. I totally agree with you, and the word that you brought into this is fact. You tell the facts, 
and then you will let people make up their own minds. If you want someone who's competent, you don't want to get a bunch of rookies. Love listening to Jason Spies on the radio, and if I miss him there, I catch him online. Let's bring in Jason Spies, who is a multimedia journalist in North Dakota. Um, Jason, what's your thought on this? No one does an interview like Jason Spies. 